This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. You know, however you're listening today, just know we're always praying before the show. And our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would guide the conversation so that it's not about Jim and Martha or about our guests, but it's where God wants us to go. So I really want you to know that. And just know, in the last several days, we've gotten emails and contacts from several listeners from around the globe and around the country. We love hearing from you, our listeners. Please take time to reach out to us. That's right, Jim. Um, we have the contact page on our website. So if you can't find anything else, you can find our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And while they're there, there are just so many things that um, we hope will be a good resource for you. And just know that on that contact page, there's all kinds of things. Wait, you can call us. You can send a little message there. We also have our emails. And um, it is a delight when we hear from um you, our listeners, about what God's doing in your life or questions you may have. Maybe you're just struggling with what it is that you're supposed to be doing in your workplace. And we want to be a resource for you and connect you with somebody who can help you walk that journey. So go to our website, iworkforhim.com. And a shout out to all of our listeners all over Tampa Bay, Jacksonville on the First Coast, and the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And of course, to all of you listening to the podcast all over the globe. You know, growth. Everyone wants growth. Growth in their paycheck, growth in their stock portfolio, growth in the maturity of their kids, even growth of their real estate. When it comes to growing an organization, an organization, however, everyone wants the growth, but not everyone is prepared for the growth. Growth is great, but it's expensive and not very profitable at first. Ramping up means cutting back on any fluff. There are hiccups and challenges with growth. Is growth always good? It depends. Some growth leads to exponential impact, and some growth leads to the destruction of an organization that was making an impact because it got too big for its own britches. One thing I know in my own 52 years, growth is a double-edged sword, and if you're not ready, you'll be stretched beyond imagination, and you may be tempted to regret the expansion. Here today to talk about growth within an organization and growth within church movements is Tony and Felicity Dale from Sidera Health and the Karis Group. Tony and Felicity have seen their share of growth, and they're here to share some things with all of us that we all can learn about how to approach growth in a just with a biblical kingdom-focused perspective. Tony and Felicity Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you indeed. We're glad to be back with you again. We're excited to have you guys here. And you guys, we've been kind of chasing you around the globe. And I know, Tony, we ran India and D.C. for like, I don't know, four or five minutes, I suppose it was. <laughs> you know, But it's been a lot of months since we've been on the air together. What has the Lord been doing? Well, it's uh, certainly not been a time where we've got bored. Um, I, I, I think one of the really exciting things about uh, being a Christian who takes following Jesus seriously uh, is that... Wow, now you're probably hearing a lot of noise in the background. We are in the middle of a major storm here. Oh. Uh, um, Don't worry about that at all, Tony. We get it. That thunder, I'd like to to assume, is is the Lord confirming what we're all trying to say here (laughs) on the the program together. We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, these last few months have been extraordinarily uh, busy uh, and blessed. Uh, we feel incredibly encouraged both with what we uh, are seeing and experiencing of mission trips, of time together, 
uh, and of what's going on in the businesses. So in that sense, lots to share. And Felicity, in your guys' personal life, you guys have been tackling a few other things, you know, the kinds of things that everybody loves to do. You had to move. We did. We moved house at the beginning of December. So it's been a whirlwind of getting stuff ready and travel and all kinds of things going on. Well, uh, you know, I just pray, I, I know you two well enough to know that God gave you a lot of grace in the midst of that, but um, we're real people, and it's, it's a, a challenge to be doing that kind of stuff and still doing the things that God's calling you to do each and every day, but thank you for setting that example for us. So let's well, just... timing is always so perfect. So. <laughs> even when we don't see it, right? <laughs> yeah, even when we think he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever had that time? Felicity, have you ever had that time where you thought, God, your timing is off today? Oh, for sure. But uh, and when you look at it in hindsight, you think to yourself, yep. You know, he, he, he chose wisely. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. And, and try not to let that weather distract you. It's okay. We've had way worse on the air, so it's just okay. That's what the you beauty of live radio. Rain. That's probably Yeah, that rain is going to make things beautiful and green there in Austin, Texas. All right, so you two today want to talk about navigating businesses through growth phases. You guys have taken two businesses, the Karis Group, for over 20 years, and Sidera Health since 2011, when you first came up with the idea and growing it since then. What is it that you guys have observed that you're saying, Jim, the I work for audience needs to talk about growth and how we navigate businesses through growth? Well, that's a very wide question, Jim, and I'll, <laughs> I'll try and perhaps frame an answer and you can then dig uh, digger into any part, uh, you know, uh, dig deeper into any part that you want to. Uh, I, I think a starting place uh, as you think about the idea of, uh, of growth is really saying that we serve a great God. And so when, when the Lord gives ideas, uh, we need to grow with the ideas. When I look back to, to where we started, which, you know, is uh, where we started in business, maybe I should say, which would be around uh, 23, 24 years ago, uh, we, you know, we, we had a need, uh, and it was a need that had been uh, really very pronounced in our lives for the previous nine years because our first nine years here in America were very difficult. Uh, and although we're both physicians, neither of us were licensed over here. And, uh, so we really struggled to uh, survive financially in a context where uh, the Lord, for reasons best known to him at the time, we didn't really understand it at the time, was allowing us to uh, go through sort of uh, both the ministry side and just the family financial side uh, th- through some really rough patches. So then when the Lord began to open up an idea for business, uh, you know, we began from a place of, well, Lord, we're, we're grateful for whatever. And, and when the business idea that the Lord gave Felicity just unfolded really quickly in front of us, uh, we were thrilled to bits, both to see that we could help, you know, the Christian ministry that we were uh, helping uh, in, uh, at that point, it was Christian Care MediShare, one of the healthcare sharing ministries that we began to show how they could get much better prices on their medical costs. Uh, and you know, overnight, we we saw we were making enough money that we could now live and survive. That was that was a huge blessing. Okay, it's a long way from there 
to two companies with approaching 80 people, uh, you know, working within those companies and watching uh, in one of the companies uh, sort of adding uh, somewhere between five and ten people a month. Mm. Uh, and I mean, as employees. Yes, as employees. Uh, and so into that context, you're being stretched by the Holy Spirit to sort of grow with the God idea. We had no idea 22 years ago where we might be now, but we've always been eager and ready to go along that path if that's what the Lord's wanted. And so that is sort of that area of how do you keep growing uh, that I, I really felt it might be worth our while exploring today. Well, and you just said something, Tony Dale, that and in the life of a non-believer, growth just seems like that's logical. Everything should grow. We want to grow and expand our portfolios, our homes, our cars, our businesses, whatever it may be. But in the life of a Jesus follower, it's different, isn't it? Because the Lord uses adversity in our lives in order to shape us into who he can use more effectively in order for there to be growth, but that growth not to be focused on us. So how do you reconcile that? Because you guys came to the States over 30 years ago, right? Uh, that is correct. We arrived here in 87. That's what I had in my head, 87. I, I had 87 in my head, but I wasn't sure if I was just that or if I had, you know, a bad taco for lunch. So, okay, so I don't know where that came from. Okay, so 32 years ago, you came here, and you were thinking the Lord clearly called you here to be part of the small church movement. You, you, you didn't know what the Lord was going to do, but you didn't anticipate God was going to use eight or nine years of really rough patches in your life to shape you for where you are today. You didn't anticipate that, did you? Uh, no, we, we did not anticipate it. Now, interestingly enough, the Lord, in a sense, did warn us. Uh, and seeing today's storm, you know, reminds me of the, the Sunday before we left England. Uh, the Lord had told us that there would be big storms <laughs> and that we would not know or understand what it was that he had put us in the mm. middle of. But, you know, the fascinating thing was uh, he had told us that, you know, the trip uh, would be sort of identified by storms. Now, we, we didn't know quite how literal that was going to be because the following Saturday, I guess it was, that we were due to be leaving England, uh, the, the night before we were due to fly out, uh, England had its first hurricane since the Spanish Armada almost 500 years earlier. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, literally, uh, when we woke up that morning, uh, the windows were blackened. We couldn't figure out why. When we opened the front door, it was because the house next door didn't have a roof on it. Uh, the whole village we were staying in, you know, had boats literally blown up uh, 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 off the, the dock, uh, large sailing boats onto the road. Trees felled everywhere. Uh, and, and we saw our trip was punctuated by uh, a storm. We arrived in America to what became known as Black Monday, uh, <laughs> arriving a day late. Oh, my uh, and goodness. Uh, then we entered into this nine years of trying to figure out what God was allowing to happen into our lives. Uh, and, you know, into that time frame, you get desperate enough that you say, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? Now, there were many things. There were many rough edges that I'm sure he was working on in our lives. But one of the things was that we found ourselves praying a lot uh, into some scripture, uh, and maybe Felicity should pick it up there. Yeah, because the finances were so difficult, we found ourselves uh, praying about, well, Lord, 
how can we survive, at least at a financial level, when, when not, there was nothing obvious because nobody want, seemed to want to employ two unlicensed physicians. Hmm. And so we found ourselves praying a lot through a verse, uh, where does it come from? Deuteronomy 8 and sort of 17 right. and 18. Yeah. Where it says, it is God who gives the power to create wealth, and then it goes on that he might establish his covenant. And so we spent, I mean, hours and hours and hours, often daily, I mean, hours daily, uh, praying through those verses and saying, Lord, you're the one who gives the power to create wealth. And uh, so, so, you know, when, when he finally did give us um, that, that wisdom, that idea, um, then, you know, that, then our prayer since then has become, Lord, how, how do you want us to use any, any finances that you give us to establish your kingdom? And I think, Jim, that comes uh, right back to your sort of question that framed this, which is, yes, you can be motivated, you know, just by personal improvement and all of these things. And, you know, there are certain core principles in, in, in the scripture that uh, hold true for believer and unbeliever alike. You know, what a man sows, that he also reaps. Um, you know, Proverbs would say that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, you're, you're wise if in summer... Uh, you know, you lay up your, your crops uh, and, you know, uh, do what you need to do. And, uh, you know, the hand of the diligent makes, makes rich. Uh, so there are basic principles that will apply to believer and non-believer alike. But for us, really what was motivating and beginning to shape us was that the Holy Spirit was putting deep into our core that there was a real why related to what we were doing. And that why was connected to uh, the verse that Felicity just explained, that uh, God wanted to enable us to help fulfill his covenant throughout the earth. And that why began to motivate us to keep growing. Mm. You know, one of the things I think of is so many times um, we don't hear about the growth story until there's been significant growth, because in the middle of it, we don't really know where it's going. Um, so when you were praying into that verse on a daily basis and really um, asking and seeking the Lord, did you ever think you were even going to get anywhere? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it got to the point where we, we really said, Lord, you've got to give us the faith to believe that we're going to get somewhere. Uh, and, you know, that was a, a divine gift from him, I think, that, that as we prayed and continued to pray, he, he gave us the faith to believe, okay, yeah, this could actually happen. And, you know, one of the things that we've also prayed consistently since then, particularly over more recent years as we've uh, watched the Lord allowing, um, you know, these ideas now to really begin to bear fruit and to, to grow uh, you know, companies that we can see having a significant impact uh, is that we wanted the, the growth to be so obviously of God that nobody would just say, oh, well, you know, Tony and Plisty, they're both physicians, you know, this sort of stuff comes easy to them. No, it actually came really difficult. We knew nothing about business. We didn't understand anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, into that place of dependence upon God, when God begins to open doors, if you dare to walk through them, which is really the step of faith, 
then God can do extraordinary things beyond what you've dared ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that as we watch that happening around us nowadays, uh, that the glory is really given where it belongs, right back to the Lord. Yeah, where only he gets the credit for what we've seen. So how do you address that when people say, wow, you guys have really worked hard and, you know, God has done these things. How do, how do you deflect that so that they really know um, that you're giving him the credit? Okay, I, I think that's a really interesting question, um, which I, I'd like to try and answer in, in a way that <laughs> I guess isn't self-depreciating. Uh, because, okay. you know, mm-hmm. absolutely, people would look at us and say, well, you know, you work hard, you've had good education, all of this type of stuff, which is completely true. Uh, and so I think there is a way to acknowledge, though, that the basic core, if you like, principle that would apply to anybody is, you know, hard work brings its own results. Sure, that, mm-hmm. that's true. But when you look at results that are clearly disproportionate to your background, your experience, your understanding of an area that, in in this case, you know, medical cost containment, and uh, then looking at how we could actually frame complete alternatives to the sort of medical industrial complex that uh, now exists across this country, uh, into that larger perspective than what you could have created yourself. You can openly acknowledge, you know, these ideas couldn't have been mine. I I just didn't have any background to understand them. Uh, But God can take the little bit that we provide faithfully, and rather like the five loaves and two fishes, he can take what he's already gifted us with, which we should acknowledge, and he can multiply it far beyond anything we could have conceived. Mm -hmm. But Tony didn't, and Felicity too, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and and self-deprecation, I I get that. That's not what you're trying to do. But when you look at your life, and I'm amazed at some of the parallels between what you guys have gone through and what we've gone through, but when you look at, you know, really obedience is what has shaped your last 32 years. You learn how to be obedient, and... Because there's no, if you look at the line when you when you came across the the the, the Atlantic Ocean on October the nineteenth, nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> wow, I cannot believe that day is the day you decided to come here, and, <laughs> and and you look at you can't draw a straight line from there to where Sidera and the Karis Group are today with those eighty employees. That there's that there's these these supernatural interventions that that's the only way to explain it. And that's, but, but it was all marked by your obedience. And, and that's the tough part to say is like, I'm just trying to be obedient, but isn't it obedience guys that defines that? Well, you know, there's a verse in Acts chapter five and verse 32, uh, where it says to the effect of, and, and so is the Holy Spirit given to those who obey him. And I, I think there's a very direct line between obedience and your awareness of the presence of God, sometimes in ways that you don't know how to quantify or describe. Uh, So last night, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. Felicity doesn't know this. She was sound asleep, which is exactly what I should have been. (laughs) But I was awake. Uh, So I got up, and I took time, which I often do, sort of pacing around our living room praying. 
Uh, and, you know, all sorts of things that tied up with the growth going on is what I was praying into. But all I was doing was saying, Holy Spirit, I desperately need you. And I find into that sort of prayer of desperation comes that somehow certainty that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. We're talking with Tony and Felicity today about growth, growth spiritually, growth corporately, growth within the, the body of Christ. What does it look like? What are, I mean, how do we handle it? How do we keep it from going to our head? I think Tony Dale and Felicity Dale is a big thing. Felicity, as you guys are going through this, and the Lord clearly led you and Tony and your family to the United States of America and Texas. Not that jumping from the UK to Texas isn't just a natural thing, because everybody would think that'd be natural, right? So how <laughs> how hard was it to be obedient and to stay the course during those times when it got really, really, really hard? And it, it, it was really, really hard. Those first nine years were absolutely miserable. Uh, we... Um, it, it seemed that a number of things went on. Firstly, we didn't really fit into the um, American sort of church scene. It was very, very different to what we'd known back in England. Uh, the second thing is that nobody wanted to employ two unlicensed physicians. But the worst part was that God stopped speaking to us. And there we were, you know, the last thing he told us was move to the States we had obeyed. And then, then nothing um, and we just we were absolutely floundering at that point, really not um, not knowing what to do, and, and yet to that to that sort of trying to be obedient to that that last word that he had spoken to us, which was you to move to the state. And so that was very very tough for those nine years. And then thankfully uh, everything changed, and um, you know God started speaking again. But that was that was definitely the worst part. You know, and I want to just um, pause on that for a moment because I know we have shared your story um, on previous times that we've had you on the air. But for any listeners who may not remember it or may not um, have heard it, just speak to that quickly because a lot of people that might be something that they're like, what? God stopped speaking to you? How does that happen? What is that? Just talk about that for a moment so people kind of understand what you mean and, and what you guys were experiencing. Yeah, well, I think up till that point, um, before before we moved here, um, God God had spoken to us quite clearly. So if we if we wanted wisdom on something, the wisdom would have come. He would have directed us via scriptures, via sometimes via dreams, via other people. Um, just in in our ordinary everyday lives, we would expect to hear God uh, revealing His will, showing His ways, uh, speaking to us. Uh, guiding us through the scriptures, whatever it might have been. And that that was what stopped so completely, mm. um, where, you know, we'd say to him, Lord, you know, what are we supposed to do to earn money? And there was an absolute nothing, no ideas, nothing, nothing that worked anyway. So how did, <laughs> how did you encourage each other in that time? Because yeah. you, you were very sure that God told you to come to the U.S., yet it felt like he then said, okay, you're on your own, or, I, I or did you doubt it? Yeah, how did you handle the, the tension in your marriage? You guys have been married now how many years? Almost almost 50, right? Yep. 40, yeah, I think uh, 47, 48 later this year. That's, that's a lot of years. So there's so you're, you're 20 years into your marriage when, you're, when you move here to the States. How did you handle the tension? Because there's 
there had to have been times when you were just fed up and you started going, you're the one that said you were supposed to, we were supposed to move to the United States. No, you're the one that said you heard from God. I mean, what did you do with that? <laughs> well, of course, that that's where God sort of rubs off all the rough points in your life, isn't it? Um, you know, a diamond is made under pressure. Uh, and certainly we see uh, echoed throughout Scripture, you know, particularly, you know, through all the stories of the Old Testament and then uh, sort of re, uh, refocused or put in a different way through a lot of the theology we see in the New Testament. But uh, God uses these tough times to, to shape us. Uh, and... Uh, I, I think I would emphasize what Felicity said, that that does not make those times any fun. Uh, I'm not quite sure you're answering my question. Did you and Felicity ever have any arguments about whether you really heard God tell you to move to Texas or not? <laughs> I think not really, because he had spoken to both of us independently and so clearly there was no... No denying that. So the issue wasn't were we supposed to be here or were we not supposed to be here. The things that we would have had tension over is, hey, are you doing every, any, everything you can do to, so that we can survive financially for the next whatever? That would have been where the tensions arise. Mm, money. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember times literally where, you know, we, we told the kids, you know, having picked them up at school or something, that uh, there, there wasn't money to shop at 7-Eleven and get a drink. Or uh, searching under the... Uh, so for cushions to try to see if there was any money there so that we could pay for their lunches at school. Mm. So, yeah, those types of things absolutely bring pressure. Uh, but I, I think the Lord had been working on us for long enough. We, we, we hardly ever argue, uh, basically because I've learned that she's always right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Tony, there are, there are thousands of listeners right now going, really, Tony? <laughs> so, but, but we're, we're very blessed in that regard. And, you know, even there, I, th I think there, there's a lesson. I, I, I think it was in one of Jung Yi Cho's books, uh, you know, that famous pastor from South Korea who wrote books like The Fourth Dimension, where he, he just talks about the idea that uh, you you really sort of create the environment you're in by how much you allow God to shape it. So, for example, if you're under pressure in a marriage uh, and it's easy for our minds to go to what's critical, uh, because, you know, all of us have got plenty of things to criticize, you know, within ourselves, let alone in other people. Uh, and instead of letting your mind dwell on that, you, be you begin... For example, you know, in, in terms of what I'm thinking here of, of, of treating your spouse, you know, as the, the princess that God gave you, as, you know, the, the most important person in your life, as uh, someone who's worthy to hear how much they're loved and valued, then in the middle of the difficulties, that, that shapes you in such a way that the difficulties, instead of leading to tension, actually lead to greater dependence on each other. Mm, those are powerful words. I, I love that. As we speak today with Tony and Felicity Dale, we're talking about growth. Okay, guys, we've talked a lot about the tough parts of the growth, and there's challenges in that. Yet it, it seems like, and based on the scriptures, the, so many stories within the scriptures that when people are really struggling, it becomes the easiest depend on, to depend on God because you have no other choice. Yet in the last 20-plus years, 
you've seen success and your growth has come not through massive personal struggles. Your growth has come through a lot of effort. And again, God's been at the center of it. I'm not discounting that. I know that God's been there because you've been obedient, but it's not been, you haven't been starving your way through these last 20 years, but you've had to manage growth in a different fashion. You've had to manage growth with, and having it keep, I don't know, I, Describe it. I mean, the last 20 years are very different than the la- than the previous 10 years before that. Talk about how you handled growth there because it comes with its own challenges, but they're different spiritual challenges. Yes, they are. And um, I, I think, again, a lot of our growth over the last, let's call it sort of 15 years or so, maybe more, yeah, the, the 20, 22 years of the business, uh, has been the fact that we dared to reach out in faith to believe that God really could do more than we dared to ask or imagine. Now, what we could ask or imagine in 1996 was that there would be, Lord, at least enough that we can take care of all the, the usual things that you have to pay for. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden we were making money in the business and uh, enjoying and taking serious our commitment to uh, put the Lord first, to, you know, so that his covenant would be heard throughout the earth. We were giving into uh, various things. Uh, but from that point, when you've lived that for a while, then you can imagine more. You know, the, the Bible says that, you know, that the man with the, the two talents, when he used them, the Lord said, okay, you know, then I'm going to give you five cities to look after or five talents. And, you know, the guy with five talents, uh, he said, okay, I'm going to grow you into a ten-talent person. And so we were beginning to move into a realm of faith where we would never say, okay, what, Lord, what you've done so far is all that you're calling us to. Lord, keep stretching us, keep growing us, because we want to be as effective as you want to make us. Hmm. Yet, when he started making you effective and started blessing your steps, really showing his hand in your business, you started growing. That comes with its own challenges in the business. When you add people, I mean, first it was just you, and then you add people, that comes with its own challenges, right? I mean, so how did you manage through those growth phases? Because at first it's slow. But when you, but the, I mean, it gets exponentially more complicated, this growth thing, depending on God when you're seeing success, but to remain dependent on God. And then you got people. So you, you get, you gain ministry perspective at the same time because now you become a pastor to those people as well. I mean, how did you, how did you manage that five years into the business when you all of a sudden you realize, wow, Lord, look what you've done? Well, well, Jim, I mean, you're very much putting your, your finger on things here uh, because you're, you're learning all sorts of new skills. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything about hiring or firing, uh, which is a difficult part of uh, the, the sort of uh, job thing. Uh, but, you know, there are times when there are people you have for whom uh, your company is not a good fit for them and they're not thriving in that environment. And so Felicity and I would pray a lot into... Lord, how do we create a culture uh, where people are thriving? Uh, In fact, it was fascinating. You know, we've talked on some of the previous shows with you about, uh, you know, some of the early years of the company where we were still primarily involved in ministry. God was opening up incredible doors in house church movements around the world. Uh, But then, to to our sort of surprise, uh, around 2010, 2011, he told us to really put our focus uh, back onto what was happening in the business because 
we were going to learn what it looked like to begin creating church at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it really mean to pastor those people that God's put in your life that you're spending 40 or 50 hours a week with them? And we're going to find the answer with your family. We're going to find out the answer to that question when we come right back with more from Tony and Felicity Dale about growth. What does growth look like? How do you handle growth personally? Well, if you're just tuning in right now, you're really going to want to back and listen to the podcast or the archive because we've covered some really powerful territory because sometimes growth comes with a real tough learning curve at the beginning because God wants to use us effectively. But a lot of times he uses adversity in our lives in order to shape us into the people he can use more effectively because a lot of times we have too much of ourselves in the way and we don't have enough God in the way. And Tony and Felicity, as you have shared your story, and now we just, we're talking about business growth. And Tony, you said something really profound right before the break, but you talk about, you, you had to learn how to run a business, but you also had to learn how to run the business tree side of the business. And that's been, cause you guys are used to going, you grew up in the foreign mission field. And so you're used to mission work and you guys are used to, I mean, you guys are both physicians who so are used to healing kind of work, but to apply that into a corporate setting, that was a new deal for you, wasn't it? Uh, Well, you know, it was a new deal, but it shouldn't have been. Because back in England, uh, you know, in our sort of primarily medical days when we were in practice, uh, we'd seen that the presence and power of God, uh, you know, bring people to himself through the medical work. And we'd, uh, through that, found ourselves working with physicians all over the country. Uh, But, you know, where where I described it just before uh, we left off uh, at the break, was that in 2010, 2011, it was like the Lord brought us right back to those first principles of what does it mean to live for Jesus 24-7. What was it that brought you back to that spot, though? Was there an event that said that caused you just to re-go back to your foundation? Was there something that triggered that? What what happened? Well, uh, at that time in 2010, I was still, um, uh, I guess, Tech chairman of the board or whatever whatever it was of House to House Ministries. And we'd been watching some extraordinary stuff that God was doing in this country. But into that context, unexpectedly, the Lord gave us an opportunity to sell the business. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic, Lord. We can sell the business. There'll be enough money. We can probably live on that. And we can just be involved in ministry. And to our surprise... As we went to the Lord on that, he said no. <laughs> and that led to the foundation of the second company as Tony thought through those ideas and he, he, he took back the reins of the first company. And, you know, it's been an interesting journey since then. It, it really has. And that journey has, I think, been focused on identifying, okay, Lord, if there's far more that you want to do in the business yet that we haven't even begun to see, what, was, what does that look like? And we began to realize that, well, it looks like the fact that you're with those employees all day, every day. Uh, that's a real opportunity to shape people's lives. It's an opportunity to see what would a business look like where it's really easy for people to be in touch with Jesus. Because ultimately, You know, for most people, unless the Lord chooses to move through a dream or something supernatural, you know, uh, the the only Jesus they see and touch really is us. And so what does it look like when you're leading a company to, to honestly 
try and live out the life of Jesus? What does it look like for it to be his company? Uh, How do you begin planning that the finances are for him? How do you begin thinking about, oh, well, now we're moving from just making money to potentially becoming wealthy. Okay, what does the Bible say about that? Whose is this? How do you plan with your children? How do you draw them into what's going on? You know, what does it mean to lay up a, uh, an inheritance to your children's children, uh, even while the, the primary call of God on your life uh, is to let his covenant be known throughout the earth? And so now you begin wrestling with uh, all sorts of new questions. Uh, and for us, putting Jesus first in the finances began to open up all sorts of other areas. So let's get really... Let's get really practical with that and tell us, like, what did that look like when you started to ask yourself all those really great questions? What did you do with the answers? Well, we'd always, we'd, right from the very beginning, we had decided that a certain proportion of our profit was going to go into the kingdom. And so at a practical level, what we did uh, is actually we did, divided that amount of money every month into two parts. Uh, one of them um, goes directly into a, what do they call a tax? A donor-advised fund. Yes. Uh, where Tony and I direct what goes on. Uh, the, the other half, um, we have a group of, of people within the company and we decide where that money is going to. And so that's, that's also involving, obviously, people in the company. Uh, sometimes we send them on mission trips and... Yeah, it's just been a, a, a way of, uh, of helping the people in the company to grow. We also have like an emergency fund that comes out of that money that if an employee has a, a financial emergency, you know, their car breaks down or whatever it might be, there's money available for that. So we're seeking the Lord for inventive ways uh, to use, you know, to use the money as he wants us to. And obviously all the money belongs to him anyway. So um you know, it's uh, it's been a quite a journey working out how that how that works itself out at a practical level. You know, and one of the things about what you just said with um, you know, choosing to have some having corporate giving but involving your employees allows you a platform to really be able to talk about why you're doing that, doesn't it? Uh, Martha, absolutely, it does, and in fact, that the platform is. Uh, way beyond just, you know, what we do with, with money. We, we felt mm-hmm. that part of our responsibility to our employees uh, is that uh, they have the opportunity to learn um, from, you know, the principles that are there in God's Word on, on which we've based our life and seen God do such extraordinary things in all sorts of different areas. Uh, so uh, on a regular basis, uh, right now, the way that looks is once a month, uh, uh, we have uh, all of the, the team together uh, for lunch, and, you know, there'll be a few practical things that are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then into that, uh, either I or Felicity or someone else, if we invite someone else, uh, will share on uh, anything from such basic things as, you know, understanding your personal finance enough to understand that you could have interest either working for you or against you, all the way into topics like how do good marriages get formed and what does it look like with your kids and how are relationships built at work, uh, to, to take seriously that 
the people that we are surrounded by, we have a responsibility to the Lord uh, to let them grow, uh, to grow as people, to encourage their visions and dreams. We often talk about the fact that uh, if, if uh, our companies are just a stepping stone for them, that's fine. We want to bless them and see them, uh, by them I mean our employees, become mm-hmm. all God wants them to be. So I'm curious about this. You said earlier in the show that you are um, potentially some months onboarding five to ten new employees. Let's wrap this conversation back to this whole concept of growth and how are you getting the new employees to to learn about the culture that God has given you within your um, companies? Well, you know, in both of our primary companies, uh, Keris and Sidera, uh, we have people who are responsible for the culture, uh, i.e. people who really understand what motivates us and our hearts, uh, who understand the, the, the role of the Word of God, of the, the principles that, you know, uh, we, we've been given in the Word of God to uh, shape uh, what goes on in, in a society, including the society of what our companies look like, how we interact with uh, all of our clients and their members, how we interact with other vendors. Uh, and so that is literally built into our onboarding process uh, and in an ongoing way is regularly taught into the life of the company. So we got about a minute left, Tony and Felicity, and, and we've talked a lot about incredible growth things and just just seeing the Lord's hand along the way and just learning how to be obedient through the rough and the good times. So why don't you speak to the audience? Felicity, why don't you give a little female perspective here on as you've walked alongside Tony all these years, what's been the greatest outcome that you've seen God do in your life as a result of all this growth? Wow. That's an interesting question. I, I think uh, my primary responsibility, which is I, I think is the best job, the best job I could possibly have, is uh, in, in how we give the finances away. And we've had to learn a lot um, in, in, into that. I.e., you can give money away wisely where it's not squandered, because you know it's always mm-hmm. um, you know we give, we give to things that are a benefit to other people, but how you can give strategically right. and learning to think strategically at a financial level. You guys, I love the fact that whenever you come on the air with us, you just get transparent and vulnerable, and we appreciate that because it just speaks real. All of us can learn because we're, we're a few years behind you, but it, we just can learn from your experience. We're so grateful. Tony and Felicity Dale, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you so much. Our privilege. Thank you. You've been listening to Our Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's, of course, our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.